0: you're listening to stocks and sandals a podcast by stock dads for stock dads following two best buds and former college roommates on their journey to master the stock market and the art of being a dad so pull up your cargo shorts put on your grass-stained new balances and let's throw some stocks on the grill here are your hosts DJ Brown and Mike Sabala. Hello everyone,
1: welcome back to another episode of Stockland Sandals. This is your host Mike Sabala, joined as always by DJ Brown. And today, this won't make a, a difference for our listeners, but DJ and I are actually recording a double header tonight. So, no, how you I'm feeling? Exhausted.
0: Beach? Chris, Chris gets to be the second of our double header, so I'm like I'm fatigued, I'm parched, I'm like, (laughs) so this, no, I'm just kidding.
1: Yeah, you're looking real sweaty.
0: (laughs) That's just my shiny bald head. Um, (laughs) Well, this will be our, this actually is our first double header, isn't Mm. it, Mike? Yeah,
1: I think it is. I think we've had a few scheduled in the past, but they always get rescheduled.
0: Yeah. Well, for context, I guess on this one, we actually reschedule this one, too, because uh, this will be like a nice yeah. little timestamp for it's our true. listeners. <laughs> uh, we were going to record this on, uh, well, what was it, the 28th, 29th, I think Tuesday, the 20th, September 29th, which was the uh, presidential debate. Uh, not going to get into talking about that, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we rescheduled because we felt like that was probably important for us to watch and stuff like that, So, um, but now we're here, and we're super excited to be talking to Chris. How do you pronounce your last name, Chris? Uh, Chris Chung. Chung. Chris Chung, and Chris uh, is going to be talking to us primarily about like the technology sector and just kind of also his philosophies and like his trading Um, strategies and all that kind of fun stuff so we're excited Chris uh, you run like a YouTube channel and stuff too right tell us more about yourself and about your YouTube and and all that kind of stuff where can the people find you
2: yeah definitely so um, my name is Chris Chung I'm 25 years old I live in New York City and I have a well I, I like to frame myself as kind of like a normal guy just like you guys I started investing. So there's, in... There's nothing normal about <laughs> us. <laughs> uh, in terms of investing, um, let's there you say, go. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, I started in 2017. Um, that was right after, um, you know, we had that elections, and a lot of people at that time too got into the market. And I was in college at that point. I was trying to figure out, you know, what's a good way for me to, you know, make more money and set myself up financially. So, I really got into it, made a lot of mistakes. I'm sure, like uh, any beginner, like you guys are familiar with,
0: make a lot of mistakes. I'm
2: trying to teach people to avoid <laughs> nowadays. Um, right. But yeah, I, I got a couple years of experience under my belt, and I have a full time job outside of um, operating the YouTube channel, uh, Chris Chung Stock Market Mastery on YouTube. And I also do a small consulting business on the side, basically find my own clients uh, that are beginners as well. And I try to teach them the right way to invest. That's awesome. And you are uh, a father or expecting, right? Yes, uh, expecting. That's awesome. Super exciting. That's, that's definitely the biggest investment out there, huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice little middle ground here. It's like a, I'm like the single not dad. Chris is the, the
2: expecting
0: father,
1: about yeah. to be a dad. Yeah. And DJ is the old, the old man,
0: the grizzled vet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm super jealous, Chris, that you started uh, doing all of this when you were still in college. I think that's so super yeah. smart and like wise beyond your years to start getting into stuff like this. I mean, I'm not much older than you. I'm, I'm only 29, about to be 30. Um, but like, as far as an investment standard goes, I mean, I'm years behind where you are, and I really, really wish that I knew what I know now and could go back 10 years or even further um, and just start doing this way sooner. And that's one of the big things that like, I'm passionate about is as my kids get older, I want to start them on this stuff like really young. I mean, it's like as early as I can get them into it and it'd be actually doable and make sense i want to do it so
1: yeah man how, how old's paisley
0: she's four so i'll start her next yeah. year
1: yeah <laughs> yeah i'd say i'd say like six is probably realistic
0: <laughs> yeah i think so probably no i i think there's <laughs> there uh, you know what If there's not already, I probably shouldn't say this because this is a sweet idea. I wonder if there are any apps out there. Talks for
1: toddlers. Talks for tots. (laughs) Spinoff
0: podcast. Uh, (laughs) We should do like an app where like kids learn how to invest. Go go Uh, trademark
2: it. (laughs) I I forget who it is, um, but there's actually i think it's dave ramsey um maybe you guys have of heard of him
1: <laughs> our biggest
2: competition he has like a kid series about teaching kids personal finance and all that so
0: that's awesome yeah we're, mike we're no competition to dave ramsey at all <laughs> Let's be I real. Know <laughs> he
1: is
0: the, the gold standard <laughs> that we aspire
1: to <laughs> it was a funny joke though right
0: yeah, super funny, hilarious. Uh, anyways, so okay, Chris, um, tell us more about like your investing philosophy. Like, what do you? What's your style here? How do you do this? What's your deal?
2: Yeah, I, I'd love to explain that. So for me, I'm I'm really someone who thinks about risk reward a lot. So in terms of investing in general, I think that whenever you buy into a stock especially as a beginner it's really easy to get caught up in you know just what's the hottest trend what's a brand name i know um, i didn't want to name names but you know what people who invest in tesla or apple just because of the name or you know a lot of the ev stocks
0: I feel uh, personally attacked
2: yeah that was di- that was directed specifically <laughs> not, at not DJ. that they're bad stocks right but if you're if you're going to invest in a company, uh, invest in a stock, it, it really it really does tie back to the business and you having a good deep understanding of you know that company's business model, where is it going in the future, what are the growth prospects, and actually try to understand it. Like a lot of people, they say, "Oh, I know you know Tesla is gonna take over the whole world," or you know whatever sort of company. Right? At the end of the day, you have to ch- actually put some numbers to it and try to figure out um, you know, what, what is that company's actual valuation potentially in the future. And in general, you want to really keep that mindset of you're buying part ownership into a company, right? That's essentially what uh, buying shares of stock, right? Shares of a real company. So what I see a lot happening is people buying stocks and they're like, you know, I, I'm buying this stock just to make money or just to make a quick trade. Um, but, you know, if, if someone were to stop you on the middle of the street, right? Let's say, you know, let's say uh, I have a friend, right? And they're looking for advice. Um, you know, you wouldn't trust a random person on the street to tell you what to invest in, or what to put your money in, right? If I told DJ that I have an ice cream store and I want him to give me $10,000, you know, he'd probably want to know some details. DJ would invest in an ice cream store. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that wasn't the best example. but you know. Why? Because I'm He's fat? Point.
0: Y'all making fat jokes right now? <laughs> you know, make me come through this computer screen. I will pop <laughs> y'all right in the mouth and watch it.
2: No, I, I'm sure everyone loves ice cream, man. But, <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's kind of my main um, philosophy really is to make sure you actually understand and believe in companies, um, you know, ideally for the long term, especially as a beginner, because it's so much harder for a beginner to really understand everything and and capture all that information and make sense of it. And so it's really a better idea, in my opinion, to first have that, you know, good principles and practices set in place for, you know, the long term future. So um,
0: we're going to be talking a lot about the tech sector tonight i mean that's that's like the main premise of of the episode but like from your perspective and stuff i mean you got to still diversify right i mean that's a that's a big one that's a popular one and that's why we're going to dive into it but like what is your like approach for diversification and and the importance of it
2: yeah so i like to tell people that how much money you put into a particular stock and even broader than that, what you put into a particular sector or industry, you know, let's say something like financials or technology or industrials, it really depends on, you know, what are the fundamentals, meaning, you know, how is that business's revenue and income trending? What are you expecting in the future? But generally speaking, I would say that for me personally, I tend to not put more than 10% into one single stock. If I really, really like the stock, you know, let's say like for me, C limited or Facebook are two really big companies with a really great potential for the future, then I might put 20, 25% in that particular stock. And more broadly, in terms of technology, usually that's around 50% of my portfolio. And it really varies again, depending on what I'm feeling like with uh, uh, the stocks, how attractive the pricing is, uh, and the rest of my portfolio would be diversified in those other areas like financials, uh, materials, and et cetera.
0: So you mentioned, uh, like when we were talking about doing this episode, you mentioned something about uh, like the barbell um, approach. Can you talk more about that?
2: Yeah, so... That's a really popular term nowadays, uh, especially after the pandemic. And a lot of the time you might even see that during recessions in general, where essentially you want to think of it as, you know, lifting weights. Uh, I don't know if you boys go to the gym or, you know, you have workout stuff at home. And I'm not saying that to say anything about someone here, uh, which was (laughs) implied earlier. DJ, wow. but um, we're, we're talking about DJ. For I could the listeners lift both of
0: you, just so you know. I could lift both of you at the same time. So I,
2: I'm a, I, I don't doubt that. Um, that that's one hundred percent true. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, essentially, what it is is the name, right? You have, you know, a weight, and you have two sides of it, and you want to balance it out. So, on one side of the barbell, you want to have stocks that, uh, in the case of Uh, You know, the pandemic situation, you want to have stocks that perform well, no matter what, Uh, even if there's a shutdown. So usually that's going to be technology related stocks, right? Stay at home stocks like Peloton, like um, even Apple, where they're going to have sales no matter what, right? People are going to buy stuff, um, especially workout equipment at home, no matter what, right? And on the other side of the barbell is going to be stocks that you kind of expect to suck in the short term right but there's potential after everything's reopened and there's a vaccine so that's more like retail stocks stocks like uh, construction related material related things that will do well once the economy actually gets going
1: so you you mentioned earlier that you know you might put I think you said tw- like 25% of your portfolio, like into a tech sector. Um, so I guess, can you just for like the people that are new to investing out there, can you, I guess, break down like what exactly is a tech stock and why that sector specifically is so, you know, interesting, at least to you specifically They're
0: hot yeah. right now. Yeah. Like tech stocks are hot.
2: So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess you could really say the past 10, 20 years, um, they've been hot except for you know the dot-com bubble, which we'll probably talk about later on. But essentially, what a tech stock is is a company that uh, has their business pretty rooted in anything related to t- Internet or you know, new inventions, uh, the digital digitalization of. Uh, products and services. So, you know, you could think of social networking, digital advertising, streaming, cloud, all that good stuff. Um, and a lot of companies these days like to call themselves tech stocks just because usually, you know, you get a lot more excitement and a higher valuation. You know, no one probably cares if, you know, I, I just sold uh, pet supplies out of my house. Right, but if I sold it on the internet and a marketing on Facebook and whatnot, then it becomes more interesting, exciting because with the advent of technology, right, and especially now with so much adoption going on, the total market that you can reach is going to be greater, right? Like with this podcast, you know, um, without internet and technology, you know, we'd probably just be just talking on the phone and no one else would probably know anything about us. Right. (laughs) Well, nobody really knows about us regardless. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, You guys have some dark humor here.
0: (laughs) I really hope you're not expecting too much uh, exposure for your YouTube (laughs) channel out of this opportunity. (laughs) You're not going to get it. No. It's Uh, all good. So you you mentioned uh, like everybody wants to be a tech stock, right? Or like everybody kind of, some people, or some companies claim to be it when they're not. So like Tesla comes to mind as like, I mean, that's like a car company, right? I mean, like, so but but I feel like so many people view it as a tech company. And like, is it a tech company or is it <laughs> both? Like, I don't even know how to identify Tesla. And I and I know you already called me out for being one of the fanboys or whatever of Tesla. <laughs> I am it, it is what it is. I, I like the stock, I like Elon, but like yeah, what the heck is Tesla? And is it a a true tech stock or not?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. And the question that everyone on Wall Street has been debating for the past five years. Um, And that's why, you know, Tesla stock price is like up and down hundreds of percent. Um, Essentially, what sets apart Tesla from all the other automakers, because at the end of the day, if you sell cars, like you said, right, you're just an automaker. You're probably not doing anything really innovating and probably the company is not going to be worth very much, right? If you compare the total value, the market cap, right, of Ford or GM to Tesla, Tesla's like, you know, five, 10 times that amount now. But are they really selling five or 10 times the amount of cars as those traditional automakers? You know, of course not. They're actually doing a lot less. But what sets it apart now is the fact that people are starting to view it more and more as a technology company. And that is related to how advanced they are with their electrical vehicle, uh, battery technology. I'm sure you guys have heard about, you know, battery day, battery day, all that good stuff.
0: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Um, how, you know, they're going to cut the cost of the entire car by, you know, 50% and whatnot. and, On top of that, you have the potential for autonomous driving, which is, you know, car driving, driving around um, and hopefully not hitting anyone. (laughs) Uh, It's not in the market yet, which is uh, a good thing as they develop that technology more. But that's definitely going to be a big growth driver, I like to say, um, for that stock. And for a lot of different stocks, technology is what's going to cause it to uh, grow over time. Because with autonomous driving, right, that opens up new avenues of revenue, new avenues of income for the stock. And they're potentially going to get into, you know, ride hailing, um, you know, a car without anyone in it's just going to pick you up and drop you off, you know. Um, i'm gonna steal futuristic stuff i'm gonna take it
0: (laughs) (laughs) how do they uh, that's one thing like when when you're sitting in a boardroom i guess and like you're elon musk and you're like we're gonna send our cars to pick people up with nobody in them. like (laughs) how do you keep them from getting jacked this is is gonna be gotta be an interesting topic of discussion in those meetings i feel like
1: maybe they won't have a steering
2: wheel oh yeah probably um yeah like
1: how are you gonna steal it bro
2: supposedly (laughs) um the computer is going to be better than any other you know human driver so they probably don't Mm -hmm. need it um but yeah and also the fact that you know once they have so much autonomous driving and uh data that they're collecting really right uh from people you know taking the car and driving to places they actually have data where you're going and what time you're going and they could probably sell that to other businesses. So they have a better idea of that. And, you know, for people that want, you know, super privacy and stuff, that's probably going to be less and less of a case. Yeah. But yeah. That that's, horrifies that's how, me a little bit. That's how gonna be yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I feel like this is gonna, this is like, I'm on the brink of like turning this into a philosophical discussion, but um, no, <laughs> hey, let's, uh... let's
2: dive right in. <laughs> yeah. There, no, there's, I, uh, just, there's so much to talk about really yeah.
1: yeah no when um when you mentioned tesla and it being you know the debate between it being like a just a automaker or like a tech stock i basically look at elon as like
0: iron
2: man he's our <laughs> modern day iron man i, I also
0: like. think of him the same way
2: yeah yeah he, he he was actually an extra in um one of the iron man movies he had like oh, modern- really? Yeah, if you if you YouTube it, guys, uh, Elon Musk and Iron Man,
1: pretty cool. You know, That's awesome. Do you know which Iron Man?
2: Ah, uh, I, I I don't.
1: Okay, I'm gonna YouTube it.
0: Yeah, we'll have to check that out and see if we can figure out uh, show which, notes <laughs> which one it is and find maybe Chris uh can post a link in his YouTube channel for us or something. Yeah, <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. yeah.
2: yeah, definitely.
0: So you mentioned uh, you mentioned the dot com bubble, um. and and back in 2000 can you I mean like to be honest in 2000 I was 10 years old I don't really have any clue what it (laughs) was what like happened (laughs) I've heard the terms a thousand times but like can you just kind of explain what happened then I mean you were even younger but you're more studied than I am um so like tell me what it was I guess and like are we In a certain, are we kind of like closing in on a certain like similar situation now?
2: A tech bubble. Yeah. So that's a really good question. Um, That's actually something really near and dear to me. Um, That time period, uh, that's almost kind of why I got into investing in a really weird way. So at the time, like you said, I was six or seven, something like that in you know, second grade or third grade. And I come from a a family where, you know, my dad uh, actually was investing in stocks at the time. And he got caught up in all that. And uh, my dad actually lost a lot of money, like $70,000 investing in stocks during that time. And what was happening was here you had this weird thing called the internet and all of a sudden, people could do stuff on a box that lit up. And you could you know, press, press a couple of buttons and things magically happen. So everyone on Wall Street was like, okay, this is really exciting. People you know, are doing this crazy thing called the internet and doing stuff on it and on computers. So what we're going to do is we're going to come up with just any kind of business model. Let's call it, you know, for example, there's one called pets.com. And we're going to sell stuff on the internet to people. And we're going to say that our company is worth like $40 billion. So they didn't even do anything yet. There's a lot of companies like that uh, during that time period where they were just a business model, a business idea. And they IPO'd, you know, sold stocks to the market, trying to get people to give them more cash and actually do something with a company But what ended up happening was a lot of these people were pretty much, you know, scam artists, right? They didn't have any real products or any real uh, results yet. They were just putting it out there. And a lot of people, uh, I'm sure you kind of see this in some parts of the market now where you're just buying based off of hype, right? And you buy into it. You don't care what valuation is right now, what price it is right now. You're just hoping that it's going to do something in the future. You don't really understand it yet, but... You're just basing it off hope. And eventually, all that hope and hype pushes prices so high that at the end of the day, someone with half a brain is probably going to say, okay, I'm probably going to get out now and not keep riding the wave up and who knows when it's going to crash. Right? So as soon as a whole wave of people start doing that, everyone panics. Right? And once everyone panics, stock prices crash. And you might not actually believe this, but... Once upon a time, right, Amazon uh, was on the market, uh, fairly new, about 20 years ago. And the stock price of Amazon actually dropped 90%. So a lot of people were actually thinking Amazon was going to go bankrupt. And we wouldn't have this almost $2 trillion company we do today.
0: It's crazy. That's kind of how I, like, not, I, I, you talk about buying, like, the hype the uh the virgin galactic holdings like spce is kind of one of those companies in my mind like that hasn't really done a whole lot yet or like actually monetized on stuff but like they the concepts of what they're trying to do are super exciting to me so like that's one of those i guess to me like long-term holds and hope i guess so interesting though so like are we in like kind of a situation now like where you feel, I mean, like you, you mentioned, there are stocks like that, but it's probably not on the same scale because the internet's not a new thing anymore. But like, do you feel like there are a lot of these companies that could just majorly crash any day now?
2: Mm-hmm. So like you said, um, I, I think it's okay to invest in a concept, right? Invest in something that has a lot of potential in the future. Just you got to recognize how much money you're actually putting into it. So for me, those types of companies are kind of like a gamble. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with going to Vegas now and then, right? But you probably shouldn't put your whole life savings into it. Um, And that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier with diversification and how much you're allocating to one specific stock. If it's more of a risky stock, then, you know, I would say even like 5% of your portfolio is okay. But... I wouldn't make it, you know, that 25% or 50% or 100%, which I unfortunately see with some people. Uh, And are we in that sort of situation today? Uh, I really don't think so. Because if you look at the valuations and, you know, like you say, internet is not super, you know, foreign, new, magical thing, right? Everyone's kind of understanding. Everyone is also wary of what happened 20 years ago. And they don't want that situation to happen again. Uh, you also had, you know, more specifically, right, the PE ratio, the price to earnings ratio. So what that essentially is for listeners is the total value of a company divided by uh, its earnings. Right? So you had companies trading at 100 PEs, 1,000 PEs. So what that essentially means is let's say stock A, they make like $1 million per year, but the valuation of the company was like $100 billion, right? It makes absolutely no sense. It's like if someone told me, um, you know, I'm I'm a billionaire, (laughs) obviously I'm not. But it's so detached from reality and it made no sense. Whereas in this case, you know, you have some stocks like a Virgin Galactic that doesn't have anything yet or... You know, some of the EV stocks where it's not even really uh, ready with any physical products yet. It's just blueprints, you know, cough, cough, Nikola. But um, there, there are certain situations like that. But overall, if you look at the bigger picture, you know, the Apples, the Facebooks, the Amazons, things like that, they're not really overvalued at all, I would say, especially in this climate where you know, interest rates are low. People are trying to look for any growth and safety. So yeah, I, I definitely think this is still a good time to invest in technology stocks, as long as it's the right ones.
1: Um, so as we were kind of talking before the, the podcast and just kind of talking about what we were going to cover and everything like that, you, you brought up the, the idea of the total addressable markets. So can you kind of just talk about that a little bit and...
2: Define it and just kind of teach us about that. Definitely. The way I like to think about total addressable market is what's the real total potential that this particular product has or the service has or, you know, more broadly, the entire company. So, for example, I'm sure you guys have heard 5G is going to be a really big thing. E-commerce is a really big thing. What essentially total addressable market is, is how much can I actually sell to people, right? How many phones can actually sell to people and how much money is that going to generate for the company? And I really want people to think about this strongly whenever they get into a stock because that total potential is really correlated, right? To the total potential that you're going to be gaining as a shareholder of that company. If that total market that the company is targeting is only getting smaller. Uh, that's not really a good indication for the future of the stock price either, but on the flip side, right? A lot of those e-commerce companies see limited Amazon, Mercado Libre, uh, all, all that good stuff. Etsy, those companies are only going to get a share of a pie. That's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So even if you're not necessarily the biggest fish in the pond, right, if, you know, I'm getting to metaphors now, but if that pond is, it just keeps getting bigger, it's like an ocean now, then you're not going to have trouble finding food, right? If that market continues to get bigger, and especially if you're the number one or number two, then there's no reason why that company is not going to continue to grow and thrive in the future.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. And when you bring up something like 5G that, you know, is targeted towards like literally everybody, you know? Yeah.
0: So, all right. You talk about like growth potential. You talked about like that you think a lot of these tech companies aren't overvalued and stuff like that. So this has been one of the hardest concepts for me as a new investor to wrap my head around is how like at what point does a company become like viewed as overvalued like i mean like you i can sit and think of theoreticals all day like and and basically like with tesla that's one of the reasons i like them so much because i i just think elon is such an innovator and a disruptor that like he's always going to have something to keep them growing right so like I, i put a lot of faith in just him as a the CEO right and as a founder so like but like at some point these stocks are going to get to the point where they're inflated to the point where if you do get in thinking that it's just going to perpetually go up forever it's not you know what I mean so I guess that's like one of those things that I'm struggling with and like how do you personally I guess kind of try and objectify that decision-making process of of if you think it's something's good long-term is it just the fundamentals and like thinking that they're gonna just keep going and what do you do
2: that's a really great question a lot of people uh, struggle with that you know if you buy a stock is this a good price is this a good value is it going to go up and down from here i kind of look at a couple of things so if a company is already profitable then I do think looking at that price-to-earnings ratio, right? how is um, the company being valued relative to the amount of earnings it's generating? So again, P-E ratio is essentially the value of the company divided by its earnings. So if you know, a company was $10 billion, uh, or excuse me, the price of the stock actually divided by the earnings per share, so essentially what that is, is, you know, let's say a company is making $10 million. What's the total value of the company? Is it 30 times that earnings amount? Is it 40 times that earnings amount? hundred times that earnings amount. And so if you're making that big of a stretch, like let's say a hundred times that earnings amount, that valuation is, you know, quote unquote expensive, right? It's, it's a it's a really big multiple of how much that company is actually earning. Uh, So a lot of the technology companies, it might have PEs in the 20s or 30s, but there are some companies that may not be as profitable and they're going to have higher ratios. And with that, I like to think of it as a potentially riskier play, uh, but you also have to factor in know, what's the amount of growth? And essentially, you want to be in a company uh, with kind of a balance. So what I like to do is really compare different companies within the same industry, you know, doing similar things. And I like to see, okay, which one has more earnings? Which one has a lower PE ratio, meaning uh, a lower multiple of that earnings amount? And if it has a higher multiple of that earnings amount, then I think, okay, maybe it's more expensive compared to this other stock. I might just go with the less expensive stock. For companies that are not profitable yet, meaning they don't have any earnings, but they have a good potential for the future, like you mentioned with some other companies, then you need to think about what's the valuation of this company relative to the amount of sales it's generating. So revenue or sales is going to be just whatever the company is selling before, uh, expenses and all that. And it's not really a profit yet. What I'm looking for in those companies again, is going to be a stock with a ratio that's not, you know, crazy high, like a hundred prices, price to sales ratio. Uh, 200 price to sales ratio it kind of makes no sense that you're valuing the company 100 times you know whatever business results they're actually doing so i'm sorry this is kind of really in depth and all that
0: yeah no this is this is good because i mean it is a that's i think that's a very conceptually challenging thing to objectify because it's so subjective and i think that's part of the reason why like I know I keep mentioning Tesla, uh, which feels worse now that you made fun of me for it, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, but like Tesla, I mean, they have a PE ratio of, I'm looking at it right now, 1090, uh, which is yeah really freaking high, <laughs> um, yeah. like compared to things <laughs> that I've seen, but like, I don't know. It's one of those things where I guess like at some point you, like you said, sometimes you are just gambling on somebody or, you know, just taking a, a shot in the dark that somebody's like, like Elon is a disruptor and he's going to just continue to find ways to, to move the stock in an up upwards direction and just kind of hope for the best, I guess. But I, I it also does kind of make you nervous, you know, that you're just, uh, just waiting for the, the cookie to crumble. But no, I appreciate you trying to explain that. Cause I know that's not an easy thing to explain. Um, so within the tech sector, there are a lot of kind of subsectors, right? There's a lot of sub categories that you can get into. I mean, like, or, or companies that do different things that are technology related. I mean, like there's, you got your e-commerce, like, you know, cloud companies, semiconductors, all that kind of stuff. So like, how do you, or like, what are your favorites? What are the, what are the ones that you kind of uh, look at the most and why?
2: So for me, a lot of the companies I invest in are related to either internet uh, with e-commerce or digital advertising. So the reason why I'm especially in those is it's really easy to understand for me personally and probably for a lot of listeners too. You know, I like to invest in companies where I understand what's going on. If you ask me Invest in a pharmaceutical company, a biotech company, I don't know half the terms they're talking about, right? With the diseases and the medical stuff and whatnot, understanding the clinical trials, that's right for someone else, you know, that might be really into the science. For me personally, I really understand what I really grew up around, right? And what I understand uh, with, you know, Facebook, use it every day, Amazon with e commerce and, There are a lot of other companies that do similar things. So with e-commerce specifically, right, you're probably seeing this all around you and in your own behavior. How many of you, you know, probably shop at a physical store like every day? You know, probably not, right? Um, Like
0: never anymore.
2: (laughs) Yeah, especially during these times. (laughs) Uh, A lot of those retail stores are going bankrupt, you know, and... If they're not, they're definitely losing a lot of business to e-commerce because people can just, you know, tap away a few buttons. They buy something with one click on Amazon and, you know, it shows up at your house magically. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All, All that's really not going away, right? It's becoming a bigger and bigger part of our life, if anything. And I think the same thing with digital advertising, you know, same thing. How many people actually watch through an entire 30 minutes of a TV show on actual TV? Probably, you know, not a lot of people. So all that money is, has to go somewhere, right? At the end of the day, marketing agencies, you know, companies, they want attention. They want people to buy stuff. They're going to move that money into something where people actually pay attention to. And in that case, it's going to be social media, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, all that good stuff. So that's really something that's easy to understand conceptually. You know, that checks off one of my philosophies for investing. And you also really understand and could really research how much growth that particular industry is going to experience for the next five to years.
1: Yeah, so um, specifically like with the tech sector, you know, it's a it's a, a sector that's like very high in innovation and like trying to find new ways to do things and stuff like that. So um, what are are there like any new kind of like emerging like markets or ideas or, you know, anything like that that you're seeing in the tech sector? Um, is that one of the reasons that you like to play a lot of
2: tech stocks? Yeah. So the biggest company that I'm investing in right now is C Limited. So that's a really exciting company in one of those emerging markets in Southeast Asia and Latin America, where basically you can kind of think of it as if Amazon had a baby with Activision, which, you know, makes uh, video games, World of Warcraft, um, all that good stuff. Well, you Mike guys knows all about that. During stuff. your teen years. Know, no, oh no. Mike stuff. knows all about
0: that stuff now. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh-huh. gone, <laughs> it's gone way past my teen years. <laughs> all of his uh, okay. future Tinder dates are going to hear this and uh, learn that he plays yep. World of Warcraft and it's a uh, game over <laughs> for him.
2: Yep. Thank you the, for uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, and as well as maybe you've heard of a company called Square or even PayPal. So, essentially is one of my is, favorites right now. Yeah, it's it's doing really well. Um, side note, when I first started investing in 2017, that thing was $18 and I sold it at 22. And now it's 160 something. <laughs> <Ouch>. So, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't that. be taking
0: yeah. your advice after all. <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> that that's definitely something. Hey man, gains are gains. Game
0: that's when you were that's when you were new to the game like me and mike are now so in in two three years we'll be uh we'll be the the rock star that you are now chris so the (laughs) c limited what's the what's the ticker on that because i'm gonna look it up
2: yeah uh se and so that's e-commerce gaming digital payments built in all in one single company and for our view our, our listeners that don't know you know Southeast Asia and Latin America are made up of countries that are really growing really fast compared to a lot of developed countries like the United States. Uh, A lot of people there actually don't even uh, have internet access. right? But that's increasing at such a huge rapid pace. And they're actually doing a lot of business only using their phone. And so with a company like C-Limited, where they're really focused on mobile apps, mobile experience, and you know, expanding as rapidly as possible, you know, getting more customers on board, where you know, they're like the, you know, the first mover, the biggest name uh, in those areas, like how Amazon is in the United States. And having such a big influence early on is definitely going to you know, pay dividends going forward. And so this company this past quarter did 93% uh, revenue growth overall, and 188% growth in their e-commerce business, and that that's that's really huge. You know, there's companies out there that can't even grow at all, right? And a really good growth company is already you know 30% growth, 40% growth in a year, but we're talking you know really massive growth, and they've been doing this for a few years now, and I think with the trends that we're seeing. With the pandemic, especially, more and more people are ordering stuff online, they're playing games, you know, paying with their phone, uh, or you know, just over the internet instead of physical cash. Right, those are all things that are going to grow over the next five, ten years, and really for the foreseeable future. So, I'm really comfortable putting as much money as I put into it. You know, I have 200 shares. It's like 25% of my portfolio or so. And, you know, I'm really excited. I'm really confident in seeing how that turns out.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, it's definitely one I'm going to take a look at. But um, Mike, do you have any other questions before we start to wrap up here?
1: Um, No, I mean, I think I think this has been a good to get your thoughts on like the tech sector and learn more about it. Um, I think I'm I'm all right for right now.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, as Chris, I don't know if you've uh, listened to any of our other podcast episodes, but as always, we do some dad jokes at the end. Um, so I'll, uh, Mike, what do you got for us? You got anything? Chris, if you don't have anything, you better start googling them fast. <laughs> I'm coming to you next. Oh man.
1: Okay. No man. This is this is good. Uh, dad and training stuff right here.
0: It is throwing them into the fire.
1: Um hold on. I do have I do have some. Okay. Ready. Yep. Okay. So, DJ, did you know that there are no canaries in the Canary Islands?
0: Uh I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's not. Um did you know that the same thing applies to the uh, Virgin Islands actually? <laughs> <laughs>
0: nope.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's no canaries there either.
0: Uh, oh. <laughs> You're the worst. (laughs) That was that was I don't I didn't like that one.
1: Yeah, the delivery wasn't wasn't great. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of ashamed of
0: you at that one.
1: That's on me. My bad. (laughs) I felt I felt pretty good about about the last one. This this is a double header, like we like we said earlier. I felt pretty good about the last ad joke. So
0: wasn't as good as my last one.
1: No, it wasn't, but I was willing to take a risk on this one. (laughs)
0: Awesome. Chris, you got a dad joke for us? Dad to be?
2: So this is the, I'm really bad with jokes, but this is the one joke that I actually remember.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is, you're really setting this up for, uh, you're really hyping this up here. (laughs) I'm
2: I'm just making sure you guys have realistic expectations. (laughs) All right. Maybe you guys have heard this one before, right? Why do seagulls fly over the sea? Uh, I don't know why because if they flew over the bay they'd be bagels
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's actually not bad yeah it's just corny enough to work yeah thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) I tried Uh,
2: okay so
0: (laughs) all right so I don't know exactly what order these episodes are going to be aired in yet but Just uh, just
1: tell the Batman one again it's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually have another Batman joke. So we're the first one. The first episode we did tonight was a Batman joke. This one, I'm gonna do another one. So, yeah, uh, what do you call Batman skipping church?
1: What? I have Christian no idea. Bale?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, yeah, pretty, that's pretty good. good. The other the other one was, yeah, the way
1: better but uh
0: <laughs> yeah the first batman joke was much better that was yeah. probably like the peak of my like i'm i'm in a dad joke bubble and with the 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 one that i told you on the last episode my bubble burst so now i'm like the dot-com bubble like everything's gonna be bad from <laughs> here on out
2: wow you guys yeah. saved, you guys saved the worst for last <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey, man.
0: we're tired it's it's 10 o'clock it's late like give me a break here
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's my bedtime yeah yeah, it, it's eleven over here. So I understand. Oh, well, you're Ooh. young, so Ooh. leave us alone.
0: <laughs> you're young. I, you're a, I feel you're a young chap. All the time, you got, dude. Uh, um. So Chris, just tell the people one more time where they can find you. Uh, on you're out. You're part of the Stock Dad's community, which is awesome. Thank you for mm. providing value there as well. And um, oh. just tell them where they can find more about you and how they can follow along and and reach out to you
2: yeah so again my youtube channel is uh chris chung stock market mastery and if you want you could also follow me on instagram it's chris chung underscore stocks
0: that's uh chung c-h-e-u-n-g right
2: yes that's correct
0: okay um awesome well if you already have not joined our stock dads community make sure you join that we're awesome we're hilarious that's what everybody keeps telling me, at least. I still mm, think I'm not funny. I'm
1: hilarious.
0: Like... Okay. Well, it is what it is. Mike's hilarious. <laughs> join us. He's not a dad, but just join us anyways for Mike's humor. Um, even though he's... Never mind. I'm going to I'm gonna leave that one alone, Mike. <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> no. Um, <Okay. laughs> join our Stock Dads community. Uh, thank you for joining us again on this episode of Stocks and Sandals. Uh, please subscribe, like, view else am i missing anything else all those fun things that help us out a lot download those are cool yeah
1: download leave a review share with a friend
0: and check out chris and uh make sure you show him some love in the stock dad's page as well and man it's getting late man i don't really my brain's not working really well i can't really wrap this this, up any any better you're not
1: wrapping it up well at all (laughs) i'm
0: not if any no. of y'all have lady friends, uh, you can send them to our stock moms page. That's, you know, that's something that you can check out Yeah. on Facebook as well. Um, it's led by moms for moms. It's not us. So yeah, that's pretty much it, man. I'm going to go to bed. Yeah.
2: I think you covered it all, man.
0: All right. Well, Chris, you got any final parting words or you want me to just shut up and end this thing?
2: <laughs> no, I really enjoyed my time. Um, you know, you guys are definitely characters. Um, yeah, and uh I look That's forward a nice to, way to put know, it, I guess. Being back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: We'll definitely have you back. We really appreciate your time with us and for uh you know giving us some valuable info on the the tech sector and stuff like that. So it's been fun. It's been real. It hasn't been real fun. Yeah. there's Another bad joke for you guys. I All right, guys.
1: That would yeah. kids.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. We're out. Thank you.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Stocks and Sandals, a podcast by Stock Dads for Stock Dads. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and join our Stock Dads community on Facebook and Instagram. But most importantly, don't touch the thermostat.